Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. everybody welcome to the u-school podcast this is our take two i'm a fool i didn't no, press record the first time we only got a minute or two in the conversation so i don't feel terrible but uh <laughs> welcome into the behind the scenes of the ridiculousness of the show my name is scott schimmel i am the host of the u-school podcast and today we've got uh, one of my closest friends and a great friend of u-school as well joe lara on the podcast and i'm going to set up by saying the theme of this month is uh, called The Experience of You. And what we're really trying to do is uh, satisfy my own curiosity first, that uh, I'm deeply curious about how other people are, how they tick, and what has made them who they are. And so, um, one, it's my own curiosity, but two, we are deep believers in the idea of self-awareness as a foundational building block to so many things in life, healthy relationships, healthy parents, healthy uh, identity at work, uh, a sense of well-being in life. And so yeah, if you just want to Google self-awareness, uh, you're going to come up with research articles and people's opinions. It's all the craze. And so uh, what we're trying to do this month is profile people that are interesting, interesting to me, and I believe interesting to you, that have been through interesting experiences. And we're going to kind of get into their brains a little bit, maybe in an, even in an uncomfortable way, to try to figure out what is it like to be them? Because there's no one else like them. And by doing that, what this can do for you as you listen is give you a little bit more tools for how to grow in your own self-awareness in your own journey. And so, uh, Joe, I'm going to ask you this again, (laughs) and we really are recording this time. Tell us your story. Tell us who you are in a couple minutes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that when you asked me the first time, I immediately thought of how uncomfortable that question was for me three years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was terrifying, but now it's like, it, and it depends too. You said two minutes, but if I only had 10 seconds, I love mm-hmm. people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't know that at the time, but now I totally do. And it makes so much sense. I grew up uh, born and raised El Paso, Texas, um, border town, good food, great people, but don't plan on going back. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, but that's where I learned work ethic through my, through watching my parents. And, and that's kind of set me on the trajectory to join the Navy right out of high school. And, uh, did that, did it well, 24 years. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it le- went all over the world. Literally, that's, that's why you join, right? To go see things, interesting things, interesting food, people, culture. And um, along the way, though, um, back in El Paso, I had this high school sweetheart. And we somehow managed to make it work. Hmm. Communicated. This is before email, too. So, like, imagine handwrite, handwritten letters. Whoa. Like, imagine, and then putting it in the snail mail, right? And then... Uh, somehow making it work, um, but end up marrying her. And so I've been married to her for over 20 years now. Um, I have two amazing young boys that are becoming young men. And um, as we retired, decided to make SoCal my home. And this is where I'm at. All right. There's like 19 different paths we could go down that I'm curious about. We're going to start with the <laughs> military part because a big part of what the work we do with youth school is in partnership with veteran organizations, mostly veteran transition organizations. And I've 
I've been really fascinating because I did not, I, I've never served in the military. And um, that, uh, I have a grandfather, two grandfathers that did, but in my family, in my community, in my town growing up, that would have been, that would have been um, totally out of the norm. That would have been a big shock and surprise. And so you mentioned traveling and seeing the world as, mm-hmm. as a motivator. Um, was that it? Or, or why did you join in the first place? Let's just say I was not the best student in El Paso. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a plan. Um, you know, in El Paso, uh, I had both parents, thank goodness, but, you know, they divorced when I was younger. And so there was not a lot of education just wasn't at the forefront in our family. Mm. And um, so I was not prepared to move on for higher education. It just wasn't in the cards. Mm. And, um, and I was definitely not going to just be satisfied taking um, a startup job. Nothing wrong with starting in, you know, McDonald's or whatever, flipping burgers, yeah. but I just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see a future. Right. So um, the military, I saw structure mm. and uh, luckily I, I made the cut, you know, right. Um, like, are my grades good enough? Are you sure? You are like, okay, um, <laughs> not in. you know, let's do this. And so it was, it was really to um, kind of spread my wings and, and leave that environment where I really didn't, I didn't see, I didn't, I couldn't see ahead. I couldn't see that next chapter. Hmm. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. When I joined the Navy, I was like, I really don't even know where I'm going to end up now. So it's really wide open, but it was definitely more exciting than, than staying where I was currently at. Do you remember, I mean, if you could have a conversation with 19, 20 year old you, what, what were you going through at the time? Were you overwhelmed? Were you afraid? Were you excited? I mean, what was that experience like? I think I always look at that and uh, whether it's usually it's movies and I'm watching and I was like, <laughs> that seems terrifying. If I'm honest, terrifying, yeah. to have your life controlled and be kind of vulnerable at all times. And <laughs> I mean, what was that yeah. like? I, I would say it's exciting. It was exciting for me because honestly, it, I mean, it's going to date myself, but at the time, Top Gun, right? You know, Heck yeah. uh, uh, you know, these fast jets taking off an aircraft carrier seemed exciting. Um, uh, the Navy SEAL movie is, you know, looking back at it now, it's kind of cheesy, but at the time it seemed kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know what any of it meant. Um, I, di- I didn't process that, oh, this is a, there's potential harm in this, but I, I didn't see it that way. I just thought, it's, this is a really cool role. It's a really cool place to kind of um, figure out. And I was really excited. In fact, uh, flying to boot camp from El Paso to Great Lakes, Illinois, that was my first plane. So I was like, I'm wow. getting on a plane? You know, I, wow. yeah. everything, was new. Everything, everything was new. So and we were at peacetime at that point, if I'm totally. serious me correct. Yeah. So it wasn't like end, like, of, yeah. end of the Cold War, right? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, not really too crazy at the time. And um, so... You said 24 years? So how long? Mm-hmm. Yep, 24 years. Why did you stay that long? Um, so I think, and here's a, here's a neat thing that I think most people don't know about the military when they join. Um, unless there's like a, a large, you know, September 11 changed the way we all thought and a lot of patriotism and people mm-hmm. joined specifically for that. But to your earlier point, you know, I joined when there was peacetime. Mm-hmm. And, and then usually what I found is most people that do that they're looking to do the, you know, join the Navy for a few years, earn some experience, see the world, and then get out with some money saved and start to go to school. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my intent. Original idea was, mm-hmm. hey, let me try this out for four years. Um, and uh, what I found is once you get in, it's a, it's a unique culture. Some people do really well. 
some people not so much. And that kind of, that's kind of how you make those decisions. Every, every period, you know, every so many years, you need to make that decision to stay in or further. Yeah. Um, I was, I was enjoying it and I was able to do something new every, every so many years, which was challenging and um, saw progression and growth. Uh, and you know, but at the 24 year mark, I just decided that that's it. Where, when, when were you first given a leadership opportunity? Oh man. Um, you, you're, you're learning leadership from day one. Uh, even, even in that, in that environment of boot camp where they really, they really work to strip you of your, your identity. Right. So they shave every guy's head. Mm. Um, you all wear the same thing. So it's like, you know, this, this uniqueness that makes you, you, it's like, get rid of that. You know, you're, mm. you need to, <laughs> you need to be the same. And, um, but, but within that you start, you, what, what, what arises is no longer the visual. It's, it's, it's the personality of the person comes out now mm. even more so. And, and you're now in tune to behaviors of individuals and you see, um, you experience good leadership and you experience poor leadership. Huh. And, and so the lessons are immediate um, you don't really notice it at the time, but it, it's impacting you, right? Every every event you learn, and, and and you and it attaches to your brain, and then you reflect back on it as you as you're given leadership authority, mm. and 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 now you're better equipped, right? So that's kind of it's it's immediate in the military. They 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 give a lot of authority to some really young people. Yeah. Just that way. Yeah. It's yeah. a leadership school. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Because that, that is that's an interesting point. Because um, I can't think of another environment, maybe besides athletics, where you are your your experience is so much determined by other people's choices for you, and um, yeah. and so yeah, that's yeah. interesting because you're constantly, and I'm sure, uh, <laughs> constantly talking with one another about your leader <laughs> and <laughs> reflecting your thoughts on that person's ability to lead or inability to lead. So you get to see that. I'm sure you've experienced that. Yeah, you've experienced that too, right? I'm sure where you've you've kind of in your newest work environments, you've you you can tell yeah. well, that that person's horrible, you know. Yeah, so. totally. <laughs> Never be like that guy. Yeah. I, and that's the power of an anti role model. <laughs> yep. Yep. You don't just have the positive role models. I think it's just as helpful to be like, well, don't be like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you left, what was your what was your role leading up to your transition? Like that last, whatever that period, uh, year or two. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a really unique experience inside the military. I mean, what I loved about my career is that I was able to do many, many different things. Um, so, and it was almost two careers. The, the latter half were the best years. Um, I was working inside the, um, alongside the, the Navy SEALs, which everybody knows. You've seen the movies. You've seen the, read the books. Um, really incredible culture to be around. And um, I was fortunate enough to, to, to learn and grow at a tremendous rate within this environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, my final role was at the headquarters um, for the SEALs here in Coronado, California, um, helping grow the, this specific organization within the larger um, and, and nurture and grow, um, you know, up to 300 people really across eight organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, spread out across the country and a few areas in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was meaningful work. It's it wasn't exciting. That portion wasn't as as exciting as some of the other things I was able to do. But but it was I knew it was it was helpful and it was needed at the time. And um, so I'm, I'm just grateful for every opportunity to serve in that capacity. So so I understand it. Your last role was more 
organizational capacity. It was, it was leadership yeah. at the command. It wasn't necessarily training or you weren't in, you weren't being deployed. You weren't down range. You weren't. So. Right. Yeah. That had all happened. That was kind of under my belt. And, um, and I was, I was at the, at a senior level where that wasn't expected of me nor demanded of me. They, they wanted to use my knowledge and expertise elsewhere yeah. to help, to help um, build policy and doctrine for those younger guys. Those guys are healthier and stronger yeah. backs and knees. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, do that work at that time while I was building out the infrastructure so they can continue doing it for the future. Yeah. Well, for the listener, the way Joe and I got to know each other was uh, three years ago. Is that right? You, you know the math better than I do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 2015. Yep. Three okay. Years ago. Three years ago, as Joe was going through what's called the Honor Foundation, uh, which is the honorfoundation.org. And it's honor.org. H-O-N-O-R. Honor.org. Yeah. You guys nailed that. Uh, it's a transition program that I'm going to ask Joe a little bit about in a few minutes. But I remember a, uh, a key part of being in the classroom with you was um i'm sure you remember this too but i I was i think we were talking about how to translate your military experience to like a corporate environment and i Mm -hmm. I I picked on you or maybe you and i were talking in in the group i remember asking you like so how many people are under your leadership right now and i was expecting you to say i don't know what i was expecting to say 10 (laughs) yeah 12 15 and then you're like kind of doing the math in your head you're like 300 <laughs> I was like no, no, no. So I meant like how many people are under your leadership and you're like yeah 300 <laughs> I'm like what are you talking about and and a, a part of that the tone of that was a high degree of humility by the by you and the folks in the classroom of basically saying like what do I have to offer in terms of leadership mm-hmm. to the corporate environment and I was like holy blank we're not going to swear in the useful podcast <laughs> again again I promise myself um, but that's, that's <laughs> what I'm curious about is um, that's a big difference. And we'll get to what you do now in a few minutes. But um, sure. what was it like to have a lot of people being impacted by your decisions? Did you like that? Was um, that something you thrived in? Was that a lot of pressure? Yeah. So the interesting thing, and I don't, I want to, I want to keep the conversation, you know, high level, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, work, working in the government can be very challenging because there's lots of bureaucracy. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes trying to create policy that's going to impact people in a positive way is like, is like trying to swim in molasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you yourself have this sense of urgency, but the world is just moving much slower. Now, it's a totally different environment when you're in combat. I mean, things move at a high pace mm-hmm. and, and you're just in that deployment mode, which is incredible. And so when you're coming off of that environment, going into a desk environment at a headquarters. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's <laughs> challenging. Um, because you, you know, it, it's, I love talking to, to the younger folks, you know, in their twenties and 25, you know, they want to change the world. Right. And I, I, I think we all want to do that. Um, some capacity, we all want to impact the world and we can see, man, if I could do this, I could do that. I could really influence things. Um, and uh, it's just really challenging, but mm-hmm. It was good work. It was good hard work because I knew that the decisions that we made at the top were going to trickle down and it was going to benefit that that person who really needs it most, who really needs that support, who really needs that care, yeah. who really needs to know that, wow, the people up above, I may not see them today, but I know they got my back while I'm over here in this part of the world, you know? Mm. Um, so that was uh, that was extremely rewarding to know that that that, that I could actually influence that. That's cool. Do you miss yeah. having that level of authority, responsibility? Um, 
I, I don't see it as like, it's, it's really ability. Like how many people can I impact today? Right. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to serve one person, which is always, you know, it's, it's good. Right. Yeah. But if you know, you could do work a little bit harder, maybe even twice as hard and impact, you know, a dozen more yeah. then it's worth it. Right. And so, um, the more I can influence the better, I feel, and I don't need it. They don't need to know my name. I, don't, I could care less that they know who mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I just want them to know that, that they know that somebody has their back. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that is, that's what's fulfilling for me. Yeah. 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 I love the phrase. It sticks out to me. I heard, heard a couple of years ago that the idea that you're in good hands with me and yeah. it's become, I think my leadership philosophy or approach to work. I want to communicate that to people. That mm, that's good. You don't know that's me, good you're in good hands with me. I can, which means I'll fall through. I have what it takes, you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah. And internally, yeah. Like, I have to be able to believe that and live into that. <laughs> no, that's, that's everything. And that's, that's, I mean, that is that mission and that uh, not mission, that, that style of leadership. And mm -hmm. that's, that's embedded in, in the environment of the SEAL teams. I've, mm -hmm. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not in those specific words, but, yeah. but that sense of service to the point where, you have that person next to you and you know that they got your back mm. um, no matter how great, you know, how drastic the circumstances may be. Yeah. That's, that's a good feeling that, that somebody has your back, you know? So. Well, let's talk about your transition because a big part sure. of the way we talk about transition is transition is a lot about uh, what you're losing as much as it is about what you're gaining. And mm. I'm curious as you look back now, you know, it would have been a fun idea to have, your wife came on the podcast to ask her. These kind of <laughs> <too>. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what do you remember about transitioning and, and what was that like for you? Oh man. Um, so in my mind, I thought I got one, I got this, I already mm -hmm. got it figured out. Um, mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, I had these really niche, you know, technical skills and it made sense. Hey, I could just do a contract work in the same role. Mm -hmm. um, and that'll be good. Uh, but you know, that's the easy button. And, um, and at the same time too, I, I did have, and I didn't know at the time, but I did have some sort of like healthy views of, um, just people in general. Um, you know, I, I, lo I loved the people that I worked with, but anybody outside of that circle of trust, hmm. I was just, um, skeptical, I, I, you know, kind of side eye, like, Hey, are you hmm. real? Are you genuine? You know? And, and I really wasn't um, being considerate or, you know, I was, I, I was really too judgmental, I think. And, and, uh, but I didn't even know that that was present. And so when I was going through transition, um, luckily somebody suggested that I join the Honor Foundation where, mm. um, I mean, that, that, was a, that, that was a huge shift, not just in my outlook for my future career, but in everything I do since then, like my life, my family, Hmm. Everything has been impacted by what I went through um, in hmm. that process. Yeah. Yeah. And what were, the, what were the key moments or elements that had that shift for you? Because it sounds like things shifted. Obviously, career-wise shifted. Your trajectory mm -hmm. shifted. But what was it for you? Um, I think it was the, the notion – I was – I, I was outwardly saying or thinking that I didn't care for people that were not in my inner circle, but the truth was, um, I really do care for people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and 
but it, it wasn't like a quick thing that I came to. Uh, I was very much in denial, very much skeptical. And it could have been from many things, you know, just from experiences on deployments and what have you. Um, sometimes seeing the worst of human nature um, right before your eyes, it, it leaves impressions on you. And then, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, the, um, the the media and, and movies and and, and um, all these things that, that are the culture in America, the pop culture in America, it doesn't always like, I guess, feel appealing when you're coming out of an environment like that. Hmm. And, uh, and so, um, just very skeptical and, and, and just not really thinking that I could believe in someone as much as, as the people around me. And so as I was going through transition, I was thinking, man, I'm losing that team. I'm losing that sense of, of culture, hmm. I'm losing that sense of, uh, of, of my, uh, my tribe, if you will. And, and I'm yeah. going off on my own. And that was, that was kind of a scary feeling, a daunting feeling, you know? And, um, but luckily uh, the environment uh, that you created, Scott Schimmel, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and the people in your inner circle, um, mm-hmm. shout out to Greg Imamato and Sean mm-hmm. Carr, and some other people that really like know how to love people and mm-hmm. not judge and nurture and be patient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lots of patience on Greg's part for me to kind of unravel pieces, peel that onion and realize, you know what, that's all that's all a facade. I really do care for people. Mm. And, um, and you need to work on these next right steps. Um, mm. and that, that was a huge, huge shift, man. Like I still remember the time, the place, um, the environment, uh, everything about that moment. And, um, huh. dude, so grateful for that. Yeah. Insight. Yep. Epiphany. Yes. So where did that lead you? Kind of, I mean, I know, but catch up with folks listening. Sure. Um, so while I thought I was going to land in a job um, in government, doing contract work, military type stuff, I started looking at uh, nonprofit, which is a 180 uh, from any of that. <laughs> and uh, and so interestingly enough, as you start peeling back the onion and layers, you start realizing themes and you start realizing um, from from your personal stories, your upbringing, and yeah. uh, and sometimes there's some there's some deep ugly stuff in there. Um, and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to um, share that with somebody that you trust, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and in that sense, it was it was you all, mm-hmm. and it was in that environment that was created at the Honor Foundation and mm-hmm. the U School and all of it. It was it was absolutely needed for me to dig deep. And I started realizing um, that man, a lot of there's a theme in all of this, and and it kind of led me towards this research specifically a nonprofit towards fatherlessness and. Mm. Um, and the impacts of it, where, you know, in society, you look at, uh, you know, uh, kids dropping out of school, mm-hmm. you look at teenage pregnancies, you look at uh, just the, the, the male to female ratio in prisons, you look at, like, mm-hmm. just all these statistics. And when you dig deep and, and the layers are pulled back, you kind of see this theme of where are, where are the, uh, uh, the grown men, adults, the fathers mm-hmm. of these young children? Are they present in their lives? And the research and the data suggests that, that not, there's not enough of that happening, and therefore it's leading to these bad things. So, you know, <laughs> that's a huge shift from government work to nonprofit and researching all of this. <laughs> um, to the point where now I found myself, I need to learn more, and I need to read more, and um, and reading really some really interesting reading, and uh, and letting that pro- propel and fuel me forward into that direction. Huh. 
I mean, I can yeah. even imagine maybe the next movie with Vin Diesel would be like, maybe special operator goes to the nonprofit sector, kind of like, the <laughs> but for the nonprofit sector, <laughs> just like guns blazing. Or, or daddy daycare. I don't know. Maybe not. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> All completely. these inefficiencies. <laughs> what are people doing here? No discipline. It could be a compelling film. Um, you know what though? I did. I did notice that though. Like I started talking to a lot of nonprofits with all this, with all this emphasized. Uh, you know, I had this drive now in a, in a certain area to look in, and I started talking to numerous nonprofits in San Diego. Yeah. Um. God bless them. Tons of tons <laughs> of emotion and tons of of a desire to to help people, but no business sense whatsoever. Yeah. And no wonder why they're struggling. Like, gosh. A plan or accountability <laughs> or no. feedback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I learned a ton in that short, short time. Uh, not only about myself, but about like the, the the area, the layout of the land. And it was really interesting to see. Well, I mean, in a macro level, kind of pulling back, even on this conversation, a big mm -hmm. part of what we're exploring is uh, helping veterans transition to civilian life, to corporate sector, to whatever kind of yep. that looks yep. like. And, and how do you pick up the assets and the experiences you've been through as gifts to serve and contribute in the next season with, but having to translate, I mean, that's, that's really your micro story has a macro implication there, which is what you're doing now at the honor foundation. Tell us about your role there. Yeah. So while I was looking at nonprofits um, specifically with, you know, in at risk youth initiatives, um, the CEO and founder of the Honor Foundation approached me and said, Joe, um, what are you up to? And um, would you like this role? And the role entails running, you know, at the time, uh, the environment, the, 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 the campus in San Diego, where SEALs and special operators would come through the same program that I went through just mm -hmm. two years prior. And, and I'm like, holy cow, that's a gift. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. um, I did say in that conversation, that initial conversation, like, hey, you know, I'm kind of pursuing this other thing with mm -hmm. that risk youth and whatever. And he goes, yeah, you know what, Joe, you can do that. You can do that and more. So I expect you to kind of maintain those relationships, but I need you here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a gift. So obviously yeah. I said yes. And uh, since then, I've been on board for just over a year. And now I'm responsible for all three campuses. Um, mm -hmm. We have one in San Diego, one in Virginia Beach for the SEAL teams on the East Coast. And then we just launched recently, about a month ago, a campus for the Marines Special Operations in North Carolina, which is pretty exciting. So um, it's, it's, man, you should have heard the conversations last night. I had fellows, uh, we just had class last night, and just hmm. hearing what's going on in their mind, it's the same feeling that I felt. The one I was just hmm. trying to describe of like that pivot, that shift. Yeah. Like I get front row seat to this. Um, <laughs> it, it is a gift, man. It's so cool to see. And the grandest irony that I've seen in your life is understanding, having worked with uh, Honor Foundation, some other places with, with the SEAL teams, there's so many guys that actually are living out of their own fatherless story <laughs> from their mm -hmm. own upbringing. <laughs> and yep. so ironically, you are doing the, the work of repairing fatherless. <laughs> and, <Yeah>, it, it <laughs> and additionally, building into what you were talking about earlier, of helping create men and develop men into uh model adults healthy adults yeah that live out yeah. their values and live out their purpose to model mm -hmm. demonstrate that to the next generation so it might feel i don't know if it feels tangential to you but it to me looking at your life i'm like that just makes perfect sense that's awesome wow that's awesome thanks for sharing that man yeah i i obviously you know perspective is 
is something that you don't I didn't have that, but in your words, man, yep, if that's what you see, that's awesome. That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, kind of the last landing uh, question is, what's it, uh, what's it like to be you these days? And the, and the idea of the experience of you, like, can you give us a snapshot of what's it like in your world these days? You mentioned boys turn into men at your house, uh, mm-hmm. um, busy work. Like, give us like a day in the life of you. Oh man. So, uh, I learned a lesson early on that if I don't, you know, no matter what I have planned in the day, um, if I, if the first thing I do is work out and exercise and I get a good workout and mm-hmm. that's all I get done, um, that was positive. Mm-hmm. The day could go to crap, but, uh, mm-hmm. but at least I got my workout in, right. I could point to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so my day starts off early in the morning. I, I'm, I'm really get energized by being alone and refueled and just focused mm-hmm. in internal, um, um, and so I, I start the day early in the morning in the gym, then I transition into, let's open this email and look at my calendar and, and, and really just see how many people I get to connect with that day. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, either nurturing relationships or, or just reaching out with the initial handshake, eye mm. contact, Hey, let me introduce myself. Who are you? I want to get to know you. So that's, that's really kind of what my day is really built upon in the first half. And then the second half is really diving into planning to scale this bad boy, the honor foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a large goal, uh, Harry audacious goal, right. Of, uh, of reaching all these special operators, mm. um, who are incredible people that are just trying to figure out what's next. And, um, some of them will go end up in nonprofit. Others will end up in mm-hmm. human resources positions. Others will end up in finance. All, it doesn't really matter. But what the, the common theme is that every single one of them um, are, are incredible leaders and they, and they love their people. So mm-hmm. um, I, in my job, it's, it's really trying to orchestrate that environment to, to not just prepare for the classroom for that night, because that's really what I'm hired to do is, is, is run that classroom. But in the background, I'm trying to ensure that we can scale, that we have longevity, yeah. and that all three campuses are moving in a positive direction. Yeah. And that at the same time, my, my wonderful staff, they're empowered and they're growing and, mm. and they're being taken care of and they're being served, right? So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of spinning plates, yeah, but, great. but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so good. And then at the same time, I get to go home every night, um, see my wife every night, and uh, catch up with the kids, the boys see how they're doing so i mean all in all it's 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 hard work right now but it's so good and 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 i i you know i can't i can't really say any more than that i mean it's 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 good what are you listening to what are you reading right now um so i'm a huge fan of servant leadership just the whole concept and uh and so I, i started learning about um one of the one of the top uh, executive coaches in the, in the globe um, is Marshall Goldsmith. And he wrote a really good book. What got you here won't get you there. And it's just the idea that's really designed for, for senior leaders. Um, and that's concepts, basically that, right? Whatever you did to get to that senior leadership position, you need to change now because whatever you did in the past is not going to help you get, you know, become better. So he, he, he co-authored another book, how women rise. And, hmm. and I know that that title sounds odd, but I'm working in a nonprofit. And one yeah. thing I noticed is that there's a lot of ladies working in a nonprofit. So <laughs> the campus in our foundation is nothing but women, which is yeah. not a bad thing. It's a great thing, but I'm not used to working in that environment. Right. So 
I need to understand. What, Good for uh, you. That's cool. You know, and I'm and the cool thing is I'm reading it. I'm I'm, I'm shouldering my wife. You know, nudging her with my with my elbow, saying, "Hey, uh, honey, is that right? Is this how women yeah, really?" Okay. Like, oh yes, that's absolutely spot on. Wow. So, so I had the validation from her as I'm reading into this thing, and now it's helping me see things that I was not aware yeah. in this work environment with all these amazing ladies. Yeah. Well, I love how you're just always in a posture of learning and humility and, and trying to figure out what's next and ask questions and connect dots. It's, it's so cool to, it's so energizing to be around you because of that. Um, <laughs> and that, and, and it inspires me to do the same stuff. Like, Whoa, what am I, what's next for me? Or what, what kinds of problems could I solve and how can I serve? It really mm. it impacts me as you do that. So, um, mm. and that's part of the interesting thing of diving into this experience of you idea is that um, your the experience of you actually does have impact ripple effects on other on other folks, and I think a big mm-hmm. part of the journey of well being and living well is paying more and more attention to how you are and living in congruence and authenticity for who you are because that's how you're going to make the most impact, most positive impact on other people, yeah. not just the close people like your wife and boys, but the people you're working with, the people that yeah. uh, who you're serving, and so. It's all good. And I think you model that really well. It's not just you being an introvert. It's you seeing that if you grow and, and get smarter, uh, it's going to be for the sake of other people. Yeah, I think I, I want to say it might have been you when I was going through the Honor Foundation. I think what resonated me, the, um, what, there's so many things that hit me really hard and positively. But one thing was like that question of, you know, when you're in your deathbed, when you're reflecting on your life, you know, Yep. Um, I don't need, I don't need a million people showing up at my funeral, but like, how do I, how am I going to be remembered? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I say that I'm, I'm one of those guys where like, I don't care who gets the credit on this large project or whatever, let's just get the project moving. Yeah. And if everybody feels good, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, at the very last yeah. hour, <laughs> you know, I, I hope people just say, man, Joe was a good dude, you know? Mm. And, and, and I could then close my eyes and drift away, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> That that would be awesome, right? So, um, that's well, I think that's just embedded in me, you know. In case, uh, in case you don't make it home, <laughs> you're a good dude. <laughs> dude, I'm gonna walk out of here so carefully now, <laughs> tiptoeing around everything. Wouldn't that be so poetic? I'm gonna come out of the outro to this podcast. Well, it actually run it. I didn't make it. <laughs> but he was a good dude. Oh my God. Yeah. I love you so much, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Joe. Thanks for taking time on a Friday and uh, your friendship forever. So blessings. And we'll talk very, very soon. Sounds good, man. See ya. Okay. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. 
make sure your life reads like a great story.